Go. Hey, Husky fans. Welcome back to Fourth and Inches, a Husky broadcast from Sports Illustrated Husky Maven. I'm Trevor. And I'm Jake. And we're like Maroney and Barber. Maroney and Barber? Yeah. This is in the Wayback yep. Machine. This is like when we first started hanging out. Oh. When I tell you this, you're not going to be happy. It's football. Tiki Barber? Nope. Oh, boy. Um, they were college teammates. They were like your favorite running back duo. Oh, yeah, from Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lawrence Maroney <laughs> and uh, yeah. Marion Barber. Marion Barber, that's right. You loved I, you some of those dudes. I I was more of a Maroney guy. Yeah. Until he got until he went to the Patriots. <laughs> yeah, he kind of Barber had the longer career. Yeah, I thought Maroney was special too. Yeah, man. he was good. he was good at Minnesota. Yeah. That's right. You're, you are right. I am upset about that. I figured you Dang. would be. So Jake and I had a full show lined up for you. Uh, and then we had Race Porter on. And not only was that a really story about his football journey, Jake and I were talking, and this is probably the most impactful episode we've had because it goes so far beyond football. Um, of course, we talk about football, the intricacies of his job as a punter and how it's changed. And frankly, how short of a career he's had playing football. But really, the important part of this is the second half and the stuff that he's doing around his clothing line, HOMS, Hard on My Sleeve Seattle, and the message that he's sending to people about feelings and mental health. Jake, what are your thoughts? I think I'm really excited for everybody to listen to this interview after the after the show's over, me and me and Trev talk. This has become my favorite interview that we've done as a podcast just because the things that we learned about Race Porter as a football player and as a human being, uh, it, it's, it's a really powerful message. And there's no easy answer to anything that he gave us. And there was nothing that we expected to come out of his mouth that came out of his mouth. Every answer he gave threw us for a loop, uh, whether it was football or his his company. And I, I think I'm really excited for the listeners to listen to this. Enjoy it. All right, Husky fans. Today we have race Porter on the show race is going into his senior year at Washington. He's the full-time holder. He's also a punter race. Why don't you introduce yourself to Husky nation? Hey, Husky nation. It's good to be on this podcast and excited for the new era with coach Lake and everything that's going to come with it. So thanks for having me on the show guys. Before we even get into your football life, what was that transition like? Was it a sh- from what we heard from the outside, it was pretty shocking when Coach Pete made that decision. Uh, but then hearing Coach Lake was going to be the coach, what was that roller coaster like for you in those next few days? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, everyone was obviously pretty shocked um, in the in the team meeting because no, like like you guys said, um, like the media kind of showed, no one really had any idea it was gonna. It was going to happen, especially in that time period right before the bowl game. Um, and then, I mean, within minutes of him announcing that, he announced Coach Lake was going to be his replacement. And everyone, and I mean, it was just such a kind of shock that no one really understood what was going on. Um, but I think once we kind of came to 
the realization that everything was everything was real and and that's what that's what was going to be the reality of it everyone was like okay awesome coach lick is awesome and we're so excited to play for him just because looking at looking at other examples of coaches i know the uh, the baylor coach just accepted a job is with the panthers right yep um stuff like that you know where it's just such a shock and and you kind of leave your your guys with some question marks and stuff like that. I think that's what was awesome about Coach Pete is he said, yep, here's the deal, and here's what's going to happen. And so instead of that kind of weird little period of, oh, my gosh, what's going on, it was just like, oh, okay, yeah, we're ready to go. It's going to be the same same stuff because Coach Lake's been been in the program for a long time under Coach Pete, and so he's he's got a lot of the same principles. Um, but, yeah, it was shocking, but it was just – it was kind of funny because it was like, cool we're surprised now let's go kick Boise State's butt you know because we were focused (laughs) on that uh, more than anything in the moment so was there any question as to who was going to coach that game or did Peterson address that in in a team meeting so in the same meeting uh, where he announced that he was gonna step down as the head coach he actually said don't worry I'm I'm with you guys through the bowl game and then and then after that is when coach Lake's gonna take over um, so we knew right away that he was going to be sticking with us through the end of the season. So in your four years at the university, how much have you interacted with coach Lake? A uh, pretty good amount, actually. Um, coach Lake is very into golf, which I don't know if is like a known thing or not, but he loves his golf and I grew up playing golf and, I think somehow or another he had heard about that. And I think the first time we ever interacted, he asked me if I ever played Chambers Bay and I had played the weekend right before that. And so, Oh, no kidding. It just literally, yeah, we just launched in this conversation about golf and, and all this stuff. And coach likes awesome. He's just such a personable guy. And so we've always had some fun interactions and, and I've played, uh, I've played scout wide receiver for a few practices. So I always get a little light up out of him whenever I go down and run some routes. So awesome. So with that, you play golf. I, there's, this is a two part question. One related to golf, one not. What is your handicap at golf? How good are you? Um, <laughs> it's tough because I don't play as much as I'd love to with my football schedule. But last summer I got down to a scratch again. Um, <laughs> so Trevor, he's way better than us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah. It's actually golf. Me and golf are pretty funny. I played all up and up until high school. And then I played my freshman year in high school. And then with all my transferring is when it started getting kind of tricky. And uh, I played my freshman year and then my junior year. And then when I transferred, I wasn't able to play golf um, at O'Day again because i had played at blanchette and so that's actually why i turned out for football no way (laughs) so golf was always like my main sport that's that's what people never never really know about me so you started playing football when you were a sophomore i no, my senior year was the first time i played football so you've been playing football (laughs) for five years yeah So oh not God. only is he better at golf, he's he's <laughs> obviously way better at football, but just naturally. Yeah. Well, so, my, my parents are my parents are ridiculous athletes, so I owe it all to them. That kind of leads into uh, my next question. You said that every once in a while you'll play a scout team wide receiver. 
I guess your senior season uh, when you started playing football, did you play any other positions in high school? Um, yeah, I was, I was a receiver and had a lot of fun with it, actually. Um, going to O'Day, obviously known running football team in school, always. I wasn't thinking too much about anything, but turned out for receiver, and we ended up opening it up a little bit more that year and caught a couple passes, so that was a lot of fun. Huh, that's really interesting. And was it your senior year that you hit the game-winning shot to win state? It was actually in the semifinal game. I had a game-winning block to go to the state. Oh, it was a block. Okay. I remember yeah. seeing something on that on TV once, and I thought it was a bucket. Did you win a state championship in hoops too? Not in hoops. We just went went that year. But then we ran into the beach team with Sam Cunliffe, and I think their whole yeah. starting five was Division One. so that's always tough. Yeah. yeah, that that team was super. Lo- Rainier Beach has pushed out a ton of talent since. I mean, I I, I played at Bothell and we played Rainier Beach when uh, Terrence Williams was there, mm-hmm. and he went up for a backside lob, and I was playing in the middle of the zone, and I got out of his way. <laughs> <laughs> That's a business like, I'm not decision. Getting dunked on. Yeah. <laughs> a business. I was like, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to be on that poster. I don't. <laughs> I don't need that in my life. <laughs> yeah. So. Only playing football your senior year, were there other schools other than Washington that recruited you, or how did you end um, up at the university? Yeah, it was kind of – it was just really a whirlwind my senior year because um, my junior year, having bounced around schools and all, and, and all that stuff, the only kind of constant thing that sports-wise, at least for me, was track and field. And so my junior year, I was I was I did a college trip and looked at a bunch of schools down in Southern California, and that was always my dream is to go high jump and run the hurdles for a school down there. And then I randomly decided to play football that summer and had no expectations and and ended up having a really good year. And at the end of the year, my my head coach was just like, "Hey, I mean." your numbers punting wise could get you some looks if you want to pursue this and, and really go after it. And I was like, and this is all like during the process of when we were supposed to be applying. And so it was like my whole world turned upside down with the idea I could maybe go play football in college. Um, so we sent my tape around and then the only school I heard back from was university of San Diego, which is pretty cool, really cool school. Um, but it's a weird dynamic in that they're division one but they don't do scholarships um oh yeah i think it's it's, the school's like too small to be able to afford to do scholarships for football i think they're more of a basketball school um so that was like my only real option at the time and my parents were getting and it's really expensive to go there and so my parents were trying to figure out every way to get me to go just because of how much they saw that I love football and it was so new to me and then they came out with the all-state rankings and I somehow was first team all-state punter um and then shortly after that came out UW reached out to my coach and just said hey what's the deal we've never heard of this kid um we always take a look at the All-State guys, though, so we wanted to know what, what your thought was. And and so that was the first time that anything like that – I mean, I thought my coach was kidding when he told me UW had reached out about me um, just because I'd grown up going to all the football games at UW with my dad and my grandpa, and I'd never even – slipped my mind that I might play for the Huskies and so that was kind of just surreal and then it all just kind of 
fell into place. They invited me as a invited walk on and I just had to get into the school on my own. And I did that. And then the rest is history. Now you enroll at UW. What is that first summer workouts like for you? (laughs) Oh man, it was, it was, I was way too fast for me. It was still so new to me and everything was so new to me that I had never even thought twice that I wouldn't be red shirting. And it's funny to come in and, expect to play you know right away and me it was like yeah give me my red shirt please uh (laughs) the the speed of everything was unreal I was catching the ball and had like no time to get it off and oh and coach anytime coach Pete was anywhere near me I'd shank him shank it dead sideways it was just like whoa 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 um And I just had to remind myself, yeah, 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 this is fun. This is, you love doing this, you know, because it can be, can be tough there when you're getting acclimated to the new level and the speed. How was that run up the uh, Space Needle the first time? Mm. A lot harder than I was expecting it to be. Um, Really? That's really interesting. (laughs) Guys do. Stairs would be easy, but I guess not. It was hardly a run up the Space Needle. It was more of a sprint a few flights and then walk the rest power walk it um yeah that, i mean that's a lot of stairs man. <laughs> that is a lot of stairs i guess yep yeah that not anyone i guess no one really knows about is that so we we always do stuff in competitions and we did offense versus defense and the specialists are always with the defense when we do stuff like that and the defense lost and we were kind of waiting around and they go, oh, yeah, 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 losing team has to walk back down. So <laughs> so that was the worst part of it all. How much, how much, how long do you think it took that crew for the Space Needle to clean up all that throw up? Because there had to have been like offensive linemen and some of them big boys yakking down yeah. the side, right? I mean, so the 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 staircase that leads up is – exposed so i'm sure they just said okay yeah, we'll let the rain wash it away <laughs> <laughs> fair enough man i wouldn't want to clean it up either yeah so what is your role in the special teams meetings um our meetings aren't too centered around like the specialists specifically a lot of our stuff is more individual um and technique stuff outside of that um so I mean, we'll go over we'll go over film from practice and games, and we'll go over punts and and stuff. But the special teams meetings are usually more geared toward the protection and the coverage and and all the moving parts. We have our own little meetings with um, Coach Gregory to go over like actual fundamentals and and specific kicks and stuff like that. Um, but we're kind of the we're kind of the quiet little pack that just sits in the back all the meetings and and listens to what what's going on and tries to pay attention i watched a i watched an interview with uh, with gregory actually talking about um a new technique that you guys are trying to put the ball on the ground uh faster you know more line drive kicks mm-hmm. um is is that something that took you a little while to get used to you've probably <clears throat> been trying to put the the air you know as much air under the ball as possible your whole your whole punting career was that a, a major change for you um yeah well luckily my whole punting career was um a year so (laughs) one year um, yeah yeah uh yeah no that was so that that all came from um coach crosby our our special teams court uh not coordinator uh 
quality control. Um, they brought him over from Southern Miss, uh, who they play after they played them in the Heart of Dallas Bowl. Um, and that's something that they were working on over there. And so it was, it was just new to everyone, really. And they just said, well, here, head out. We'll see. We'll see what happens, and if it's good enough, then we'll try to we'll try to get it in the games. Um, and it took me a while. <laughs> it took me. I mean, I'm still working on it to this day. Um, obviously, trying to perfect everything is is a process, but it was tough at first. Like you said, having always tried to kick it as high and as far as possible to say, okay, hey, now you want to just kick it right here and kick it low on the ground, and it's like it's like, well, okay, I'll give it a go. Um, it's been fun though. It's been fun to, you know, it's, it's definitely helped out my normal hunting as well, just because, you know, learning how to manipulate the ball and and your drop and everything that goes into it just helps you, helps you in every sense. Um, but it was tough. It was very tough at first and it's, it's very unconventional. So, yeah. Uh, what goes into the decision to either use you or Joel in a punting situation? Um, it's usually it we usually build formations around uh one or the other so whether it be okay race is going to punt in this formation um or joel's got this formation or where the ball's at in the field uh i know the closer we were uh the more likely we were to use me just because it's easier to get it on the ground and you run less of a risk um punting it too far into the end zone so it's it's kind of situational um that's up to them to uh, we kind of just throughout the season would just both be standing, you know, waiting, both be warmed up, both be ready. It wasn't like, okay, Joel's got the first one race, got the second one stuff like that. It was just kind of, okay, whatever the coaches are feeling. And then we're both ready to go out there. Is, uh, is your style different than Tristan Brown? Uh, I mean, I've got, I've got a lot of different kicks and style. Obviously when I'm trying to put it on the ground, um, that's different. I haven't seen his film yet from, uh, Juco. Pretty sure he's, he's more of a traditional guy though. Um, just, uh, up in the air. So I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. He just got here, which is cool. So I'm excited to get in the, get in the Dempsey and get out on the field and work with him and, and try to help each other out and, but I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him kick in person yet, so I don't know. Uh, and then going to your other job, you're the full time holder. What do you look for from a good snapper? Mm. Um, <laughs> I. Uh, it's funny. I don't. It's more because you've just a, always had AJ, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's and AJ. So just be AJ. Gets, so who's yeah, who's as good as it gets, right? Yeah, no doubt. I mean. So I, I don't know. It's just been funny because I was kind of thrown in that role randomly. Um, my redshirt freshman year, still still brand new to the game, and I was just like, okay. Um, I didn't even think twice about it. I was more uh, – I'm more concerned with the kicker always because, you know, it should be – No one should out. be thinking about the snapper or the holder. Um, right. And AJ's been, uh, yeah, like you said, it's been a dream come true having him be the snapper because I've never, never really had to worry about that. But I mean, when you're looking at a snapper, it's, it's always, you know, placement, um, speed on the snap is obviously huge, but I mean, AJ, AJ got it down to, like you said, laces out. He could, he could control the laces pretty damn good. And I think he only gave me laces out or laces back once this year, which is pretty crazy. 
have you ever chirped in a coach's ear, you know, fourth and one, fourth and two, like, hey, either <clears throat> let me throw this or, or let me run it? Mm. Like, I, I, I can make this throw. You, you ever think about doing that? Um, well, it's kind of funny. So in high school, um, since I was a receiver, obviously my coaches had a little trust in the athleticism. And so I actually had the green light on every punt in high school to take it um, oh. and, run, and run it if I wanted to. Um, and <laughs> I think in like the fourth game of the year, I took, I took one for about 30 yards. Um, and, but it's, it's funny. The, the less, the less green light you feel like you have, the more, you feel like you want to do it. So there would be a couple yeah. times this year where I'd look up and I'd be like, oof, that looks like a lot of green grass. Um, and then I'd punt it away. But yeah, obviously every, every punter's dream is to take a fake or, or maybe do a throw with the hold or whatever it may be. But that's, that's super situational and, and you can never really bank on that stuff. My one... prediction this year, you're going to throw a touchdown, okay? Oh, mm. yes. I got you, Ray. I like you the sound it. of that. I like the sound of that. That's my prediction for that's my bold <laughs> prediction for this year. Race Porter touchdown Heisman, hundred percent QBR. <laughs> I would love that. That's Let's go. Yeah. Um. So on the play where it was a fake field goal down next to the goal line that, um, uh, one of your teammates missed a block, uh, or mm. you would have been in for the touchdown. Was that a designed call by the coaches, or was that your choice? That was something that we had worked on that week, um, and it had worked really well in practice. Um, and I saw the look that we had been practicing when I went out there, but I don't remember if they called it or not is what I'll say on the record. And so I decided to just run it anyways. Uh, I love it. So, yeah. So unfortunately didn't get in. So I got to hear double time on, on <laughs> what, what I did wrong but yeah that was fun that was uh that was a rush that was the most uh my heart was beating all year so I at least have the experience right that was awesome yeah when I saw the fake I got excited and then I saw that yeah. one guy that <sighs> was able to get through the line <laughs> dang it it looks and and everything I, I said oh yeah no doubt this is gonna be a walk-in and then I was getting blasted right in my chest and I was like that's weird I, I wasn't <laughs> mm-hmm. expecting that to happen you need to work on that stiff arm I, I know right I should have bounced it, it outside <laughs> <laughs> last question about football have you worked with Jaden Green yet uh I have not he hasn't gotten up here yet I I did however take him on his official visit so I've gotten to know him pretty good and He's awesome. We're excited to get him down here. Race, you have a company, Heart on My Sleeve Seattle. Why don't you give us the backstory? You can go as far back as you want and tell us how this vision, this dream became a reality. As far back. I'll go, I'll go way, way, way far back. Um, first grade, I started falling in love with shoes, and I started drawing shoes on every piece of paper that came in front of me. Um, and I had these crazy ideas for what shoes I could play basketball in and soccer in and all that stuff. And, and I brought a pair, I brought a picture of a pair that I drew home to my mom. And I was like, this is, this is my favorite shoes ever. Like I've got to do it. And I put a Nike swoosh on them and you should send it to Nike. And so we got the address and sent it to Nike and 
um, unfortunately, they didn't accept my design and, and then mass produce a race porter Nike shoe, which is Air Porter, obviously, <laughs> which is unfortunate for first grade race. But they did send an awesome letter back that said, hey, we love your design. Um, keep drawing. But unfortunately, we only take design um, designs from in-house and our own designers. Um, maybe one day you'll you'll have your own business and your own shoe designs. So that is kind of where it all really started. Um, fast forward to last spring. Um, and I just had this idea to put some hearts on, on some things. And I was going through a specifically tough time mentally just with school and, and some football stuff and, and just life in general. You know how life can be. Um, somewhere along the line, I was listening to a, a song that said heart on my sleeve or some lyric like that. And I was like, hmm, it would be kind of cool to actually be able to wear something like that. And then I was like, well, how hard could that be? And so I went and bought a, uh, pack of iron on, uh, heart patches from a fabric store. And I bought a three pack of white t-shirts from Costco and I ironed it on and I just wore it and I, I felt way better. I just felt like, you know, I woke up and I put that on and I was like, okay, yeah, today's gonna be a good day. I love this t-shirt and, and nothing's stopping me from having a great day. And, and that's what, that's what it like really boosted me into, into where I'm at now is just that idea that, you know, when you wake up and, and you put something on, you can put something on that, that sets you up for having a good day. Um, and and I, I think it's a very noticeable design, you know, a red heart popping off the sleeve of a shirt because it's not a very normal placement for a logo or anything like that. And so people kind of started to notice and would and would compliment on it. And then I'd kind of tell them the story behind it. And and it started to kind of take off. People were asking if they could get one. And, and I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't see why not. I can just do what I did for this one. And then. And then, yeah, it just started to kind of take off and I never had any expectations for it or anything like that. Um, and now it's here and I'm starting to realize that there's a lot of cool stuff I could do through it and, and a lot of cool messages I can share and, and positivity I can spread. Um, and so that's kind of my, that's kind of my goal right now is it's just kind of evolved from, from this idea to kind of something real. And then, and then I had to set the business business side up of it which was all this summer and that was kind of tricky but now that I've got all that stuff squared away I can move back into the message and and what I'm trying to what I'm trying to share whether it be my story or just kind of promoting other people's stories um through it and and so that's kind of where we're at right now and what has the outreach been since you've started this venture with your with your clothing and your shirts you know you said when you had your shirts people kind of drew towards them and and they liked the shirt but when you finally opened up your business and you promoted it as this is a shirt for people that could be going through a tough time like myself or just need something to have a little pick-me-up has has there been a, a pretty good outreach for that? Um, oh, absolutely. 
Um, so I set everything up in July. And, and then I think the first day I sold anything for real online was August 1st. And I, and I probably about a month, month and a half, I, I just did that and kind of just promoted it as being, you know, closed. And, and I kind of made a couple jabs at what the, what the broken heart man and all that stuff. And just, but I, I never really went into depth um, just because it was, it was me and it was what I was doing. And so it made sense in my head, you know, like I understood what it meant. But I, I kind of started to realize, okay, well, it makes sense to me, but I don't know if anyone else really understands what it's really supposed to mean. And so I did a, uh, I did, I think I, yeah, I posted something on Facebook and I just kind of said, hey, everyone, here's like, you know, I don't, I don't love being long winded or anything like that on social medias, but I want to tell you guys a story about how I started my clothing brand. Um, that's what kind of, took it off um and i had countless people reaching out to me about it and just asking me you know asking me more about it or just kind of telling me their own story or asking more about my own story um which was really cool and, and that's when the order started to pick up too is because people had had something to connect it to you know it wasn't just a t-shirt anymore um and then through that um someone i've been in contact with a lot recently who's interning with um, NAMI Seattle, N-A-M-I, which stands for uh, National Alliance of Mental Illness. They reached out to me and said, hey, we love what you're doing. Could we, could we set something up? Let's chat. And so I went in and chatted with them. And then <clears throat> we set up a partnership, which, which was really cool. And, and I'm working on that right now, um, working on what I want that to look like and, and how I can help most benefit them. And then... And then just from their outreach, I, I, I was um, someone reached out to me from a, an organization that focuses on mental health, specifically education for parents in, in the Northwest. They have a, an event coming up in January, late January 27th, I think, um, that they invited me to come speak at. So that'll be cool. Um, but yeah, like like you said, it was kind of just that that transition of, okay, yeah, it's a, it's a clothing brand obviously, but there's, there's this, there's this story behind it. There's this message behind it. Um, and I think once I started really promoting that and, and getting that story out is when it started to kind of, people started to notice and people started to kind of promote it as well. I'm glad that you mentioned NAMI because there's a story that you actually wrote on their website, kind of, you, you talked about this whole process of how everything started um, it trans, it, it transitions all the way from, you know, eight, you at eight years old and the things that you had been dealing with. And it's a really powerful read. Um, and I would suggest it to anybody that, uh, I mean, it, whether you're going through anything or not, um, I, I found it really inspiring that, that you kind of faced what you were dealing with, uh, you know, up front and, uh, I, I definitely think it's a read, you know, read worthy thing. And, and I think it was a really well thought out uh, script from you. Well, thank you. I, I really appreciate that. That's very kind. Yeah, I totally agree. And I would encourage anybody to, to go there and go to uh, the HOMS website that you can find through your uh, Instagram account that, that goes through your story. Um, my question for you race is what was your original thought of how 
this whole thing was going to go and what is the central message now of this HOMS hard on my sleeve, Seattle company. My initial idea for everything was that I would be able to make myself clothes that I could wear. Uh, (laughs) Isn't that amazing? (laughs) That's where it all started. It all started with, okay, I want a couple plain white and black tees. Um, I've only got like these print tees. So I'm going to just go ahead and make my own one with my own little flair. And then, and then I'll be able to wear them. Um, that's where it started. And that's why it's so funny is because now I've got all this stuff and people always ask me, well, why don't you wear your own stuff? Like, why aren't you always wearing it? And it's just, it's funny. Cause that's where it started. You know, it's like, Oh yeah, I'm just going to make myself a couple things. And now it's, it's gotten to where it's gone. Um, but right now, right now, I mean, it's been so evolving in the last three, four months, which has been crazy in, in such a short time period, just what it's, what it's kind of meant to me and what it's grown to be um, um, from my perspective. And I think right now the main point is just, okay, like simplify the business side of it, simplify my product side of it, get everything, get everything kind of focused and then, really push the really push that message um i'm really excited to go talk january 27th to these parents um i think it'll be really cool just uh just to try to provide a like a new take on this whole situation you know um one of my favorite things one of my favorite things to say about my business is i'm trying to make uh, broken hearts cool you know not just not just going to the, you know, the thing you always hear about. Yeah, it's okay. You know, it's okay. One of my shirts says it's okay to not be okay. Um, which I, which I believe in strongly and and stuff like that. Or, you know, it's, it's, you want to, you want to be emotional and all that stuff. And I want to just take it to a whole new level and just say, yeah, being emotional is super cool. Um, having a broken heart is dope because everyone, everyone experiences stuff like that, you know, and the more we can make it something that, is easy to talk about and, and people don't even hesitate to kind of bring up when they're interacting with people, the more we can move toward. I mean, obviously I hate going this in depth, but like a whole society that, that we, we are excited about um, mental health and it's something that we're always talking about and always making sure everyone's on the same page with. And then that obviously leads to, um, less suicides less people with suicidal thoughts less people that are in life-threatening situations which is obviously a a large scale large scale issue and something that is hard to kind of comprehend from my perspective is you know being able to impact something like that but that's my that's my goal really um looking forward into the future and seeing seeing the impact i've I've been able to kind of stir up with, with the brand and all the people that have been able to interact with the brand and, and the community that I've kind of tried to build so far through it. But it's just like, you know, I'm young, I'm 21. Um, I'd like to think of myself as a cool kid. And, and, you know, the more we can, we can get young kids and, and people in situations like mine to say, Hey, this is cool. It's cool to talk about our feelings and be emotional the easier it is to kind of pass that down and, and get that going on a, on a large scale. So that's kind of what I'm going for right now, you know, just spreading love. You know, that's super interesting because the way that you've set up your message about it's okay to not be okay. And to uh, allow the fact that, that people are broken 
into this, you're, you're inviting two different groups in. You're saying part of the human element, in my opinion, is feeling all of your emotions. And often in some of those poisonous masculinity situations, you have to cover that up. Uh, and you're giving people a space, a platform, and something to wear that gives them the opportunity to uh, allow people to see that they have that emotion. But then on the other side, you're also inviting in the mental health side uh, with people that have diagnosed issues uh, and giving them a place where these two different people, where if it's people that are getting sad that aren't necessarily mental, uh, have a mental illness, and those people that are diagnosed have common ground where they can talk. Absolutely. Yeah. Really well said. Um, and that's been one of, one of the things I've really been trying to push. Cause that's, that's been one of my own personal experiences is I always looked at my problems and looked at kind of the things I was dealing with and said, okay, yeah, people have it way worse, you know? And so I just kept shelving these feelings and these emotions I had and great point and just felt like it wasn't, regardless of what I was dealing with, there was, there was bigger fish to fry in the world of problems. Um, and the more I shelved that, the more I just kept building and eating at me. Um, and that's, and it's hard to, it's hard to be in that situation, you know, being in America, being in one of the fastest moving cities in the world, it's hard to really look at your problems and say, okay, yeah, this is something that is, is a big deal. Um, and, and really, that's kind of my, like you said, my goal is to say, you know what, everything's a big deal. Everything that you feel is important. Um, and that's kind of, like you said, whether you're broken, whether you're just a little not okay, whether, no matter what it is, it's, it's something you need to talk about and something you need to express. In this journey of, of all of a sudden, you're not making clothes for yourself anymore. You're setting up platforms for other people to talk. Uh, what's been some of the impact on your life from hearing from people from one side of the spectrum who uh, are, are maybe just not having a good day to people that are uh, experiencing extreme anxiety? Yeah, it's been, it's been a whirlwind. Um, just kind of being someone that people feel comfortable reaching out to in the first place, you know, is just so surprising to me because I don't think twice about it. Um, and I don't really think outside of myself in terms of like what I, what I am or what I look like, you know, I, I always try to be humble and, and kind of keep to myself. And it's just been, it's been kind of interesting creating this platform and this, and, and I just, one of the most recent things I did to my website was I put a little tab where you can just reach out to me. Um, and I don't think, uh, yeah, you don't know who you're talking to. It is me. But it's just kind of an anonymous little thing. And, and I just kind of put it before it like, hey, you know, if you're having a tough day, tough go about it, tough day, just reach out to me. Sometimes all you need is someone to talk to. Um, and I don't even think twice about being the person that, that people are going to or the person that people are talking to. Because um, it's just so natural for me to talk about that stuff. You know, I've never been I've never been one that's really into small talk or, you know, how are, how are you? How's your day going? You know, it's no, I want to know what's going on with your life. I want to know, I want to know what's giving you some struggles, what's making you really happy lately. Um, and I think the fun thing about it for me is it's just how I interact with people. Um, and I think it's refreshing to some people because it's like, I can genuinely say I care about you. If I'm talking to you, I can genuinely say, um, 
I want you to be the best version of you when I'm talking to you. And so all my advice is going to come from the perspective that um, I want the best for you, whether it be customer service stuff um, as nitty gritty as that stuff, you know, just responding to emails or I've had, I've had quite a few people reach out to me, whether it be on my HOMS account or my personal account, just saying, Hey, what you're doing is amazing. But what I really love is when they share a little bit about their own story, you know, not what you're doing is amazing. I, yeah, that's whatever, but it's what you're doing is amazing. Here's a little bit about me. Here's a little bit about my own experience with mental health issues. Here's why your clothes have helped me out, or here's what I love about your designs. Um, it's hearing that people are connecting with it. You know, that's what's really special for me. Um, and that's what gives me energy and, and motivation to keep pushing forward and keep trying to spread it as much as possible. I'm just, I'm glad that you said that because while you were talking about that, I, my brain thinks for you as a person race that going through all this and, and listening to these people and having conversations with these people kind of has to be, uh, medicinal for you as well. Right. It, oh. it, it kind of. It, it would kind of help you out as much as it helps them, I would imagine. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, yeah. And it's, it's being able to talk and just kind of hearing people say, well, thank you so much. Like, thank you. Like, and it's just, you know, it makes me, it gives you a perspective, you know, I'm talking to this stranger I've never met in my life and we can both say to each other, like, Hey, thank you for impacting my day. Um, and I hate social media, everything about it. Uh, but <laughs> same with us. But it's we're so cool. bad at social media. It's That's... been cool to see how how easy it is to connect with people and and stuff like that through those platforms. That's been it's been a joy for me. Was it strategic on your part to make your website uh, without your name almost anywhere in? Yeah. Um, <laughs> That was a it's actually kind of funny. So all my all my like really close friends, like really, really close friends um, that know me and know the business side of me get frustrated with me because whenever they interact with my HOMS account, I always say we, you know, oh, yeah, sorry, we're working really hard to get that product back in stock. Um, we hope you love the T-shirt, stuff like that. And I'll send it to my friends just because it's second nature to me at this point. Um, right. And they'll just be like, what are you talking about? I know it's you. Like, I, what, why are you saying? Weird? <laughs> uh, and so I, I did it at first and I realized, you know, it is we, you know, regardless of what it is, that's what I want my brand to be. I want it to be bigger than me. I, I want it to be, you know, I don't want it to be raised Porter, the football player or, you know, stuff like that. I want it to be, here's something, here's a brand that, applies to everyone and everyone can connect with and there's no faces behind it and that's about it yeah it's just it's for everyone you know i thought that was a brilliant move in a lot of ways as a business i just think that's such a good idea because then you're getting genuine people who are willing to talk to somebody not <clears throat> oh if i go on this website and i chat i chat with race porter that doesn't matter yeah absolutely um it, uh, i i actually had a really funny interaction with someone um that i knew from high school they went and they ordered something on the website um and then i guess they had just seen me post a bunch about it obviously and so they said hey um 
I don't know if you know the guy that that does the HOMS stuff or or whoever runs all that stuff, but could you let him know that I'm going to be in Seattle um, and I ordered my order to be um, sent to Boston, but I'm going to be here for 10 days. So if it's easier for them and and it cuts the shipping cost, you could just tell him to drop it off um, at my house. And I said, yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll see what, I'll see what he's going to do about it. And then I just, I went and dropped it off myself and I said, Hey, yeah, he told me that, um, he dropped the package off, so it's probably at your house if you gave him that. Awesome! It's just fun to do little things like that, you know. Now, what has your experience been like with the mental health side? Are you guys ready to go deep with me? Let's do it. Let's die. Uh, I'm diving. <laughs> so yeah, um, I think the most important and and kind of the the key part of my story is just the fact that I grew up in a in a privileged background. Um, I was always really good at sports, always really smart in school. Uh, on the surface, there's nothing you would kind of point to that would be concerning. Um, and that was that was what kind of really started it off is, is just kind of that mindset, you know, that I've got it as good as anyone. I've got all these things to be grateful for and, and really shouldn't have too much going on that's wrong in my life. Um, and then... Um, I dealt with some family stuff my freshman year in high school, and that's when it really started to kind of be real for me and, and that this isn't just kind of like a bad day or I'm not just kind of a little bit sad, but this is like something that's kind of kind of a big deal to me. And, and I'm feeling this. I've been feeling this way for a while. Um, but like I said, I, I was surrounded and going to O'Day. Um, which is a very diverse school. And, and a lot of my friends were from very difficult upbringings and, and struggling backgrounds. And, and so I, I was just comparing myself to all these people around me and saying, okay, yeah, these people have real issues. Like I said earlier, that this isn't something that like nothing you're dealing with is, is as big of a deal as this. Um, and that kind of just spiraled, um, and I, I would not tell anyone anything. And, and I had to keep this persona of, of who I was and who race Porter was and, and happy go lucky athlete that's good at sports and, and gets straight A's and all that stuff. And, and I started to realize, you know, I didn't really want to be that person at all times. Um, and I just fought it. And so that's kind of how it all started. Um, and I've always been someone that just shelves, shelves everything. You know, if I'm dealing with something, and I'm interacting with you, you won't be able to tell. And I just really, I really battled with that my whole high school um, time because number one, I wasn't mature enough to really sit down with my problems and say, okay, here's what's going on. Here's what I need to do about it. Um, uh, and so I got through high school, I transferred around a little bit and I had a shaky experience with, with all that stuff, but I made it through and then I thought, okay, I just need to get to college and then, and then everything will be cool. I'll be able to, you know, fresh breath new start and it just kept creeping back in you know whether it be a bunch of doctors kind of suggested that it might be this seasonal depression kind of thing and and that it doesn't get sunny in seattle from october until like may and and everyone experiences it and so i kind of went along with that but it's just something that makes sense in my head and and when i feel that way i know i know what it is and i just kind of accept it um and the number one thing that I like to tell people when, so I've dealt with depression and anxiety pretty much nonstop since freshman year. That's kind of my go-to. Um, of high school or college? Uh, of high school. 
people think being depressed is all, you know, just being sad and you're always sad. And, and I tell them I used to love when I would feel sad because you're feeling something. And, and for me, the easiest way to describe depression and, and going through that is you don't feel anything. You, you just wake up, you know, you're empty. You don't, you don't want to go on with your day. You don't want to do anything. You just want to lay in bed. And, and that's a lot of what led up to my specific first design and my first idea with the heart on the sleeve is I said, yeah, this idea of wearing your heart on your sleeve on paper is really cool. You know, you're always confident with your emotions. You're, you're comfortable with the person you are and, and how you express yourself. And I said, I'm, I'm, I'm all about that, but I don't really live that way. Um, and that's why I made that first shirt is I was like, this is going to be me. This is going to be, this is going to be what I do. I'm going to be emotional. I'm going to tell people what's going on. I'm going to open up about it. Sometimes it takes a little boost to do that. And that's what my shirts did for me. It was when I first wore the broken heart shirt, I think that morning someone said, Hey, what's going on? Why are you wearing a broken heart on your sleeve? What is that about? I didn't even think twice about the shirt. They were just like, what are you sad? Like what's going on? And we ended up having this awesome conversation. And then I think like two or three more people kind of mentioned something. And, and I realized that it's really not that hard to talk about, you know, it's, it's hard to approach people about it, or it's hard to reach out. But once the conversation gets going, it's like a weight off your shoulders to be able to talk about it. And so that's what I found through my clothes is it's like, yeah, it's cool. Everything's cool. But at the at the very root of it, at the end of the day, it's just a way to start a conversation, you know, and that's sometimes all people need is just that that first little, hey, what's going on? Why are you wearing that? Uh, are you OK? And then people will just kind of release everything, which is cool. In some ways, this clothing line has at least mm -hmm. the start of it was therapeutic for you to allow yourself uh, when you hit those times of being numb to allow yourself to feel. Mm -hmm. Wow. Absolutely. Uh, I really appreciate what you're doing. I have a few friends that, that this has been uh, uh, the mental health side has um, crippled their lives in some ways. And uh, I really appreciate what uh, the, the message that you're sending and the, the positivity that you're bringing. I, I can't thank you enough, man. I think this is really what you're doing is, is so important. And uh, you know, obviously you play for the university of Washington, so we love you for that, mm -hmm. but you know, it feels like you found your calling. I I'm, I'm really excited to see where this goes for you. Oh, thank you so much. I, I appreciate all that. That means a lot to me. If, uh, if there's, you know, and, and I guess the kind of, off not off topic but kind of skewed to what we just talked about most of the stuff that you deal with is depression based i know that there is a big calling for people getting bullied mm. um mm -hmm. is that somebody that could reach out to race porter as well i guess not reach out to race porter but reach out <laughs> to um homs and 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 talk to somebody as well um absolutely um, that's the thing, that's the thing that I kind of mentioned earlier is obviously I have dealt with my own stuff being depression and, and anxiety and, and stuff like that. But the goal of HOMS is, is for people to 
understand that no issue is too small to kind of voice and no problem is is not important enough you know so whether it be like you said getting bullied on the school playground or or whatever it may be it's just it's trying to start that conversation and being comfortable to speak up about it so i would i mean to the kid getting bullied i would love them to just be able to say hey mom hey dad this is going on i don't like the way it's making me feel um i don't know what i'm supposed to do about it and that's why i'm coming to you guys um and I think the more that we make those kind of conversations accessible, the easier it is. And and that's a hard one because kids struggle with that kind of stuff. Um, and that's why I'm so excited to go talk to this room of parents here in a little in a couple of weeks is because it's 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 important to get them on the same page and say, hey, it's not easy to talk to your kids. I know because I I would I would say good. My day was good, mom. Thanks for asking. Like, you know, I, I wouldn't go in depth and so it's important to get the get the parents in the in the right mindset too and get them um get them equipped with the right questions to ask and and be able to facilitate that conversation with their kids i totally yeah i totally agree with that race um thank you so much for sharing your story uh sharing a little bit about homes and everything that you are doing for the community you know, from, from fourth and inches, uh, Trevor and myself, um, this has been uh, a great experience talking to you, not only about football, but, uh, getting to know who race Porter is and what has made you venture out into this, into this clothing line and everything that it entails. So, uh, from us, thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. I, uh, I appreciate you. Let me come on and talk a lot more than I should. Um, <laughs> it's been it's been a blast talking to you guys i appreciate it uh why don't you let everybody know where they can find you and your website yeah so instagram just race porter nice and simple um and then i tag my other account in it pretty much in every post but um the homs account on instagram is homs seattle and then my website is homsseattle.com so pretty easy to find awesome thank you race sweet thank you guys that was our interview with race it turned out to be an extremely powerful interview we hold the highest regard to race porter for opening up to us and talking to us about everything that's going on in his life in his football career you know the thing that stuck out to me is what he said was there's no issue that's too small and when i hear that i hear that I understand what he's saying that when somebody in a privileged lifestyle where, you know, Jake and I are both middle-class there's people who are struggling more, but the reality is, is the feelings that you have are legitimate. Um, and the more that we're able to share those with other people, the better off we're going to be as humans and as a community. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, this is, this is a football podcast and we will continue to talk about football, but what I think we forget as society is there is more outside of uh, the things that we enjoy. Uh, me and Trevor confide in each other all the time. Uh, we are best friends outside of this podcast and we do talk to each other about things. And I think that's the best part about our friendship. And that's why we can do this podcast because we have that connection outside of the show. 
and I think that's what makes this show special is that we're willing to talk about things like this. Not very often, but I think this was necessary in the fact that race is doing a really good thing and it needs to get exposed and no better people to listen to it and to understand it than people surrounding him and, and rooting for him. So uh, with that being said, go dogs, go Go dogs. dogs.